Taken from the first chapter of John. John chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Good morning, church. It's great to see each and every one of you this morning. I want to encourage you, as always, uh, to pick up an announcement sheet with all the things that are going on uh, in our church body, but also uh, those on our prayer list. And I want to add uh, to the announcement that um, was made a little bit ago uh, about the, uh, the Wild Game Supper coming up. Uh, for the teen challenge meals that we've been doing, uh, that the one for January will be uh, this Thursday night for the Wild Game Supper. But also uh, in February, it will be on February the 5th, uh, and it will be at Teen Challenge. If you would like to help with that, uh, please see Miss Carol Ellison or Miss Diane uh, Wilkins. Uh, also, uh, some to add to our uh, to the prayer list to be mindful. There are several there. Miss um, Tasia said she has a friend named Amy Joe uh, who is dealing with some difficulties and wanted to uh, request our prayers and um, wanted to add this too. But uh, Buzzy and Charlotte mentioned about <clears throat> their daughter's uh, mother-in-law uh, who is not doing well and is on hospice care, and her name is Ruby Williams. And so we want to remember uh, those individuals uh, in our prayers. And I appreciate uh, uh, the prayer that um, Howard has already led for us, but as we begin this morning, I want us to take uh, each take a moment of silence and uh, pray our uh, individually uh, to Almighty God on the behalf of the Booker family. Uh, we again... I was thinking, here we are, uh, another pillar in our congregation has gone on to their reward, but it leaves us saddened uh, as we also mourn with Jeff and the Booker family. Let us bow. Almighty God, we approach your throne today with heavy hearts because we miss our sister 
Martha Booker. Father, I want to echo to you what Brother Howard has already mentioned, is that we thank you for her life. To each and every person, she gave a smile and a word of encouragement. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you as recipients of those smiles and those words of encouragement and all those acts of kindness that we will forever miss. Father, we thank you. What an honor and a privilege it has been to know Sister Martha Booker. Father, we thank you for the legacy that she leaves. Father, again, we approach you mourning the loss of one of the pillars of our congregation. Who again, Father, leaves big shoes to be filled. And Father, though we can never replace Miss Martha, nor the acts of kindness that she's done, I pray that you will help us to always remember those smiles, those words of encouragement, and those acts of service. And Father, when we're low, and maybe we don't feel like doing things, I pray that you will help bring to our minds our sister Martha. And Father, the way she lived her life, and the way she loved you and lived for you, and Father, that we might do the same. Father, we thank You and we ask that You will be with Jeff and Trent and Barry and their families. Father, we're so thankful for the example that Brother Jeff has set for the rest of us that are husbands. In the way he was always by Miss Martha's side, the concern that he had for her, the love that He showed for her. And Father, the faith that He placed in You and encouraging us and petitioning us to approach Your throne in prayer on Martha's behalf. And Father, now as He mourns the life, the loss of His life partner, we pray that You will be with Him. And Father, as Trent and Barry mourn the loss of their mother, we pray that You will be with them that You will bless them, that You will strengthen them, that You will encourage them, and that You will hold them up. And Father, that we might in some small way be a source of encouragement and support to them. For Martha has done that for so, so many. And we pray that we can in turn do that for this good family. And we lift them up to You at this time. Father, we also uh, pray for... Amy Jo in her situation and that you will bless her. We pray for Miss Ruby Williams that you will be with her and her family and that you will bless them. For Lindsay Smith, Father, that you will bless her. And the many others on our prayer list, Father, this morning, we lift them up to you. And Father, we thank you for the way you work through our lives. And Father, again, as we mourn this great loss, we also celebrate a wonderful life of faith lived. And we thank you for the example of Sister Martha Booker. 
May we ever seek to follow her example as she sought to follow you. Thank you, Father. We ask that you will forgive us of our many sins. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. I want to encourage you to keep your Bibles open there to the book of John, chapter 1. We're going to look at a couple of different places uh, in chapter 1. We're going to look at uh, what Ray read for us um, in uh, verses 6 through 13. But we're also going to look uh, at verses 19 uh, through verse 28. There's a story of a young man who enlisted in the armed services. And once he received his orders, he uh, uh, reported to his regiment. And as he was there, he was placed there with 15 other young soldiers who passed the time by playing cards and gambling. And when it came time for, uh, to go to bed and to fall asleep, this young soldier would kneel down by his bed and he began praying. The other young men began cursing at him and making fun of him and throwing their boots at him. Night after night, this happened. Uh, until one uh, day, the, the young man, he decided, I'm going to the chaplain. And I'm going to tell him what's happened. And I'm going to ask his advice. And so he did so. And the chaplain told him this. He said, he said young man, you need to realize you're not at home anymore. Those men have just as much right to the barracks as you do. In fact, it angers them when you pray to God. And besides that, the Lord can hear your prayer if in your bed you silently pray to Him. So the young man took the chaplain's advice and he went back to the barracks. For weeks, uh, the chaplain didn't see the young man. But then one day he ran into him and he said, By the way, did you take my advice about praying? He said, I sure did. He said, For about three nights I laid there and I prayed silently in the bed. And he said, But I began to feel like a wounded hound. And so I got up and I got back on my knees and I began to pray. And the chaplain said, oh, okay, well, how did that work out? He said, now every night we have prayer. Three of those young men have been converted and we're praying for the rest. Being an example for God is not easy, is it? Being a witness for God is not easy, is it? It, it comes with some persecution. It comes with some difficulty. And as we look in our uh, text today, I want us to look at John the Baptist as being the witness for the light, Jesus Christ. And we know by looking at John's life, it wasn't easy. John was one that lived out in the wilderness. John was one that ate locusts and wild honey. John was one that uh, wore camel's hair as his clothing. John didn't have things easy, nor when he began being the witness for Jesus were things easy as well. And so I want us to look at the witness, John. And what he did and what he was told to do and what he talked about, he had to do as being the witness. And then I want us to look at the purpose of the witness. What was his purposes? And then I want us to wrap that up by thinking about ourselves individually. You'll notice there in John chapter 1 beginning in about verse 6 that John said he was sent by God. 
John was sent by God to be the witness, to be the witness of the light. That light, Jesus Christ. That light was what we talked about uh, in the first part of chapter 1, was the Word, the divine expression of God to man. But what does it mean to be a witness? Uh, Strong's defines witness like this. It is evidence given. It is a report or a testimony. It is a testifying or what one testifies as in the setting of a courtroom. They give testimony to what they've witnessed, what they've seen. They give the evidence. They give the report. And so John then is sent by God to give evidence, to give a report, to give a a testimony about the light. But John said, even though I'm the witness of the light, I'm not the light. I'm not the light. Another part of his testimony was in telling uh, the Jewish leaders that were sent by the Pharisees who he was and who he was not. For example, you'll look over in verses 19 and following. He says, I'm not a few things. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the, the promised Messiah. I'm coming and I'm bearing witness. I'm giving testimony. I'm giving evidence of this one. He also says, I'm not Elijah. But we'll notice later in Matthew chapter 11 that Jesus says he was Elijah. He says, I'm the forerunner announcing uh, the coming Messiah. So if he's... If Jesus says he's Elijah, why did John say he wasn't Elijah? For you see, the Jews, they were expecting, they were looking for the return of Elijah in the flesh. And John says, I'm not the return of Elijah in the flesh. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 17, Luke writing about John, he says, He, John, will also go before him, Jesus, the light, in the spirit and power of Elijah. Jesus speaking of John, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 14. He is Elijah who is to come. He's like Elijah was. He is a forerunner. He is a witness. He is one foretelling about the coming light. John says, I'm not the Christ. I'm not Elijah. And I'm not the prophet. Notice what some commentators said about this. Uh, This idea of the prophet came from uh, prophecy of Moses, Deuteronomy chapter 18, where he says a prophet like him would follow after him and speak the word of God. There was no consensus in the first century Judaism about the precise identity of that prophet. Therefore, as a result, remember this Deuteronomy passage was foretelling the coming Messiah, but as a result of there not being a consensus who this prophet was, notice what another fellow said. Jewish teachers had devised a separate shadowy personality known as the prophet. So John says, I'm not the light, I'm not Christ, I'm not Elijah, and I'm not the prophet. And they say, well, who in the world are you? He says, I'm the one that Isaiah was talking about. Back in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3, uh, the one, and he quotes it, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord. That's who I am. I'm the forerunner. I'm the witness. I'm the one to give a report, to give evidence, to give a testimony about the light that is coming. And that's what John did. So what was the purpose of the witness? 
for two purposes. The first one said that through the witness, through the evidence given, through the report given, through the testimony given, that all might believe. Believe in the true light. The true light that gives light to every man coming into the world. Some, some versions, or someone said this about the true light, that the true light enlightens man. Because of sin, there's a lot of darkness in the world. Remember we talked about the light came into the darkness, but the darkness did not comprehend it or overcome it or uh, appropriate it in their life. Look at verse 10. Verse 10, uh, John says, The world was made through Him. We talked about that last week. God, Jesus was there. Jesus, the light, the Word, was there with God when God created everything. All things were created, created through Him. The world was made through Him. And the world did not know Him. And like Ray's version, others' version says that they did not recognize Him. They didn't recognize the light. Uh, the Jewish people had been told about the coming Messiah, but when He came, they did not recognize Him. And so John is there to bear witness that all might believe through his testimony, through his report, through the evidence. He came to his own people, and even his own people did not receive him. His own people did not receive him. It reminds me of a story I came across about Jack, who had been the president of a large corporation. Jack developed cancer. And as a result, his company dropped him like a sore thumb. Jack lost everything. He used all of his insurance. He used all of his life savings. And he was left pretty much penniless with nothing. There's a preacher telling this story. And he says, I, I visited Jack with another gentleman from the church. And when we got there, the other gentleman from the church said, Jack, you speak openly about the brief life that you have. But I wonder... Have you prepared and made preparation for the life to come? Jack stood up. He was livid in a rage. And he said, you blankety blank Christians. He said, all you're concerned about is, is my life after I die. If your God is so loving, then why don't He really do something about the real problems in the world? <clears throat> He went on to tell this preacher and this other gentleman about how he was leaving his life, his wife penniless. She would have nothing. And his daughter would have nothing to go to college on. Just get out of here, Jack said. And so they left. But later, that other gentleman from the church convinced the preacher, let's go back. Let's go back and let's visit Jack again. And when he went back, this is what he said. He said, Jack, I know I offended you. I humbly apologize. But I want you to know I've been working since then. Your first problem is where your family will live after you die. 
A realtor in our church has agreed to sell your house and give your wife his commission. I, I guarantee you that if you will permit us, some other men and I will make the house payment until it's sold. Then I've contacted the owner of an apartment house down the street. He has offered your wife a three-bedroom apartment plus free utilities and an $850 a month salary in return for her collecting rents and supervising plumbing and electrical repairs. The income from your house should pay for your daughter's college. I just want you to know your family will be cared for. The preacher said Jack cried like a baby. Yet he still died, never giving his life to Christ. Though being a witness of the love of God through God's people. But as a result, his wife, seeing the message of the gospel carried out in God's people, gave her life to Jesus. See, John says, I'm not all these other things that you might be looking for, but this is what I am. I'm a witness to the light. I'm giving you evidence. I'm giving you testimony of the light. So that, not so you can hold me up, Jewish leaders. Not so you can pat me on the back and tell me how great I am. But so that all will believe. That's the witness. That was one of the purposes of the witness. Another purpose we see there in the latter part there, verses 19 and following, was that he was to prepare the way of the Lord. That Isaiah 40 passage, uh, one person said, was a challenge both to the nation and to his questioners to prepare their hearts for the coming Messiah. John says, that's what I'm here for. I'm, to, I, I'm a witness to tell you that the Messiah is coming. And you need to be prepared for the coming Messiah. What's one of our purposes? If you're not prepared, you need to be prepared for the return of the Messiah. I'm giving you evidence. I'm giving you the report. I'm giving you the testimony that the Messiah will come. John tells them, there's one standing among you who is coming after me, who is preferred before me, and you don't even know him. In fact, I'm not even worthy to unloose the straps of his sandal. You see, untying the master's sandals was left to the lowly job of a servant. And John says, as the witness, I'm not even worthy to do that. That's how great he is. That's how awesome the Messiah is. Imagine. Imagine what those people must have thought. When John said, I'm not the Christ, I'm not Elijah, I'm not the prophet, but I'm the one who Isaiah talked about. The one who's declaring the Messiah is coming. Prepare your hearts. And listen, he's so awesome, I'm not even worthy to take the form of a servant and untie his sandals. That's how awesome he is. 
And that's how unworthy I am. You see, John, though they were wanting to put the attention on John, John says the attention's not on me. I'm just the witness. The attention is on the light. The attention is on the Christ. The attention is on the coming Messiah. The Jews, they baptized those who wanted to be converted to Judaism. So they understood baptism. But in their mind, those that were either born Jews or baptized into Judaism, they had no need of a baptism. And John says, I come baptizing with water, but there's one coming greater who will baptize you with the Spirit. John said, those who submitted uh, to this baptism were admitting that their sin had separated them from that saving covenant of God. And their public baptism was admission to that. It was admission to that I have now come out of the saving covenant of God because I am not following and looking for the Messiah. And therefore, they were baptized as an expression of their repentance. And by John's witness, by John's testimony, by John's evidence and the report of the light, many turned to God. That's the kind of witness John was. It wasn't easy, I'm sure. But it leads to the question that we need to ask today. Brother Howard, thank you. Thank you for your prayer. It likely well may be that we don't place enough emphasis on seeking the lost. So thank you, Brother Howard, for that prayer. It likely may be that, that we don't place enough emphasis on that. And that's what I want us to get from this lesson. Is that John knew who he was. John wasn't concerned about where he lived or what, what his clothes were. He was clothed. He had a place to live. John was concerned with being a witness to the light. But what kind of witness am I? John describes Jesus as the light. He is the essence of light. Later in John chapter 5 and verse 35, Jesus describes John as a lamp. Jesus is the light and John was a reflection of the light. You ever shine the light in a mirror? What comes out of that mirror is not necessarily the light itself, but it is a reflection of the light. And John said, that's what I am. And we, as New Testament Christians, that's what we are. We are to reflect the light of Jesus in our lives. And I like the way someone added to that and used words if necessary. What kind of witness am I? 
Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, for those who follow them to let the reflection of the light shine before men. Listen to it, Matthew 5 and verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and pat you on the back and write your name in the paper, right? That they may see your good works and plaster your name all over the church bulletin, right? No, that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. That's being a witness. That's reflecting the light. John said, my life has been about giving evidence, being a witness, giving a report, giving a testimony about the light. We have to ask ourselves the question, what kind of evidence am I giving of Jesus in my life? I know we're not perfect. And as I ask that, that question, I feel guilty. I feel guilty because I've not always been the best reflection of the light for my family. I've not always been the best reflection of the light to those around me. You see, that's our challenge. Like John, to be mindful of who we are as God's children. We are His witnesses. To give witness, to give evidence to give a report, to give testimony of what Jesus has done in my life. Listen, Jesus has freed me from the condemnation of sin. And through Jesus Christ, I'm no longer a slave of sin. That's giving a witness. That's giving a report. That's giving a testimony. That's telling people what Jesus has done, what God has done in my life through Jesus Christ. And I want you to experience the same. Why is that so urgent? Because people are dying. And people are dying in darkness. You see, John never said, I'm here to make the choice for you guys. John said, I'm the witness. John says, I'm not, I'm not holding a gun to you and telling you, you better do this or else. He says, I'm the witness. I'm here giving witness of the light. And the choice is yours, Jewish leaders. The choice is yours when you give the report to the Pharisees. The choice is yours, those that are hearing my voice. I'm just the witness. I'm just giving the message. I'm just sharing the testimony. Of the Messiah. As a result of receiving Him, of believing Him, and being born of God through my death, burial, and spiritual resurrection, I become a child of God. I'm a witness. And my challenge for me. And for us, is to remind myself and ask myself, what kind of witness 
am I being for the Messiah? Roy prayed this morning in class about Miss Martha. And though we're saddened, as he did in his prayer, we can smile. Because Miss Martha was a witness through her smile, through her words of encouragement, and through her acts of service for the Messiah. And we can rejoice that now she doesn't have to be in any more pain, any more suffering. Oh yes, we mourn her loss, but we rejoice with her witness and the testimony that she lived in her life. And ask ourselves, Barry, are you as equally the kind of witness and testimony for Jesus as Miss Martha? John says, I'm not these other things. I'm the witness. During the reign of Oliver Cromwell, there was a shortage of currency in the British Empire. Representatives carefully went searching all throughout the empire uh, for silver to meet this emergency. After a month, month they brought back report to, to Oliver Cromwell and they said, we found nothing. There's no trace of silver anywhere in the empire except in the cathedrals. To this, Oliver Cromwell eloquently, eloquently answered, let's melt down the saints and put them to, into circulation. You see those statues of the saints in those cathedrals? That's all the silver they could find. And he said, well, well then let's melt the saints and put them into circulation. And as the witness, the witnesses of Jesus and the light, that's what we need to do. To go out and be in circulation among the people. Giving evidence of Jesus Christ alive through His people in the world. This morning, have you, have you given your life to Jesus? You see, the reason, one of the reasons we offer the invitation is not only for those who stand in need of prayer, but we never, we want, we want everyone to know that the invitation of Jesus Christ to give your life to Him through faith and obedience, to rise in newness of life out of that watery grave of baptism, to now be a witness. You have that opportunity. And that's one of the main reasons we do what we do. It's to be a witness, to give those opportunity to do that. And if you're here this morning and you haven't done that, it's our prayer that you will. The choice is yours. But maybe you are here and maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe it is you've wandered away. You know people in those shoes. Maybe it is you're here and you're tired of feeling that emptiness. And you want to give your life back to the Lord so that now you can also be a witness. Whatever your need is this morning, please don't hesitate. We're a family. We stand here to put our arms around you.
as we've done so many times, and to say we love you and we're here to help you and we're here to lift you up to the throne of God. As together we stand and sing.